you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. And today I have Tony Martinetti as my guest, and we are going to speak about leadership. Very exciting topic that we are having very often on Ideas and Leaders. So Tony is a trusted leadership advisor, entrepreneur, idea generator, and people connector. Hi, Tony. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. Well, hello. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Tony, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, how did you become trusted leadership advisor? Uh, how did how did you get where you are right now? I love that question, and I won't go on for too long uh, the, all the details, but I'll share the high level journey. Um, so, I got here because I was spent about twenty five years um, in the corporate world, working in the um, the high tech and biotech industry. But one of the things that I realized is that when I was in that journey, um, I was working more in finance and strategy roles. Um, along the way, I realized that I wasn't really doing the work I was meant to be doing. Um, I would come to work, I would work really hard, and people would notice like something about the way I was showing up, that I was not the typical numbers person. And I would say to them, like, uh, what does that mean? There's no typical anything, really. Um, I... I was trying to show up for the people who are there and, and be a certain person who I thought I was. Um, it had me thinking even further back in my career to, or to my life that I was, um, you know, when I was a child, I was an artist. I was someone who like, liked to draw and paint and the things that I drew and paint were, um, it was all about creating environments, um, emotional experiences of environments, just kind of a weird thing for a child to do. But I, put all that away um, when adults told me you should really focus on things that are going to make money. So of course I went into pre-med, then finance and spent my life doing numbers. Um, now I've come to this place where I started, which was, you know, here I am doing finance and strategy in this industry, which is amazing, but I, it wasn't really my calling. So um, as I moved in my journey, I finally came to this decision point where I said, I, I don't know if I really want to do what I'm doing any longer. I've gotten to this place where you know, I've made an impact um, in this industry, but it's not who I am. And so I decided to move on. I actually had a very um, a dramatic moment in my career where I was sitting in a boardroom, looking around at other people in the, in the um, room, and I realized that I... Um, saw the leaders who were there who were more concerned about their own image. And um, it wasn't whether or not they were right. I mean, it was just whether or not they were looking good. And I got frustrated and I said, you know what, I'm done. And I decided to get up and walk out. And I said to myself in that moment, I said, I'm going to leave this room to change the room. And that was the moment that changed everything for me. I decided that I was going to do something different that was going to change the way leaders show up in the in the world. Um, and I decided to become a coach, um, leadership development consultant and advisor to other people and find ways for people to show up differently in the world. 
but I first had to start with myself. So that's just the starting point. Yeah, wow, you have a very inspiring story. So it is never too late to change to doing something that uh, you think is your calling or what you want to do. So you mentioned those leaders who are focused on themselves and on their image. On maybe very often leaders are also focused on the results that they want to achieve. But what do you think are actually characteristics of good leaders? What should yeah. effective leaders do or maybe not do uh, in order to, to be better at what they do? Yeah, I love this question because there's so many ways to look at it. Um, and I think it really depends on on who the person is. But I think the key key aspect of a good leader is someone who leads people first and thinks about the people first. And in order to be people first, you also have to be um, someone who doesn't just show up and react on in every situation with basically making quick decisions. You have to slow things down. You have to be thinking okay, well, I'm not going to make a brash decision here. I'm going to slow things down, look around, understand the situation from a bigger perspective before jumping in and taking action. Now, a leader who takes action is usually that's looked at as a positive, but the idea is that you don't want to take action that you potentially would regret long-term. So to make a long story short, I see a, a more of a proactive versus a reactive leader is one that is able to um, lead in a better way because they're able to sense this 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 ability to see beyond the edges and know that slowing down is more intentional as opposed to moving too fast and not being able to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, um, in theory, it's, Sounds very good. But what about the practice? What if yes. we have to move fast? And uh, in business, you know, the environment is always uh, very dynamic and things change. And today we have one thing, tomorrow we have a different thing. We have many projects at the same time. And uh, what uh, such leaders who have to put the people first and uh, have to um, think before they act, uh, how do you? Uh, work with with uh, such people who say that okay but some things cannot be done in practice yeah well i mean i i often think about this i love your question because there's a sense of like knowing okay what is our priority right now that needs to be dealt with but knowing that not everything looks yeah sometimes they look like a priority right now but it's not necessarily a priority it just seems like that we have to get more in touch with what reality is. And that's why I often say about slowing down doesn't seem like it makes sense, but in reality, doing that allows you to see things more clearly. Um, For example, you know, we we may look at a situation where tomorrow, um, you know, a crisis hits a company, let's say it's a biotech is a company that, you know, a company's an industry that I've been working in for years where like they have a clinical trial failure and they have to react to it. And so the first thing they might think is, okay, well, you know, we have to stop the trial and we have to tell everyone about it. But before they do that, they may stop and say, okay, well, what are we going to do about like communicating to the, to the sites? 
you know, how do we want to voice it internally? Let's not just jump out and react. Let's slow things down and see what is the message we need to share internally, about what we're learning about the situation. So um, communication is important, but it starts with understanding the situation first before jumping in and, and making an action that potentially could have repercussions on people. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I think that we experienced such a situation when uh, the COVID pandemic started and many leaders around the world, they had absolutely no idea what to do, what is going on. And uh, people were waiting for, for you know, what, what should we do? What is going on? Yeah. Tell us something. And I think that it, it was a challenge. It was a challenge for leaders to you know analyze the situation and look what is what is this that we need to communicate to to our teams right so this is it can be also an example of such a situation yeah and i think one of the things i'll clarify on this is to say it's not always knowing what to do next but sharing that as well to say hey we're not sure yet the path we're going to take we're looking at it and we're thinking about the options but we don't want to make a wrong step that we we potentially would regret. So um, give us time to think this through before we jump in and make a course correct correction that could be detrimental. Um, and that's especially in cases where it is um, something that that is not reversible, right? Um, there are situations where it's like, well, let's try this out, an experiment. But you don't do that when it's situations that will impact many lives or when it impacts many people in a, in a company. You want to make sure that you're setting a tone of, you know, let's experiment, but also make sure that we're giving good direction too. Yes, absolutely. And I think that when uh, we see a person who is analyzing, who is maybe not not sure what to uh, what to say and what what is the the situation what is going on but they are analyzing, they're thinking what what to to do, what to say and they are vocalizing it uh, then people feel more comfortable i think that we saw some examples of uh, politicians for example who were instead of analyzing the situations they were just sharing their opinions on the uh, and and then people they don't feel comfortable listening to to such communication but they need to to feel that the leader is actually will make the right decision even if uh, they didn't do it yet so i totally agree with you but what about this aspect of uh, of putting people first so you mentioned mm-hmm. that this is important do you have uh, any examples from your clients that you work with how to actually put people first uh, how to w- what can we do in order to to make people perform better to to have a high performing team yeah yeah i think that's uh the great thing about this is that when you put people first everything else kind of follows um that there's a sense of like knowing that when you care about the people around you the people on your team and in your organization that there's um that the results will follow um and but but here's what it looks like when you have um people you're hiring your team and you want to make sure that 
you understand um, how to get them in, engaged in in the work, the first thing you have to do is you got to build a sense of trust. You know, do do you talk with them in a way that they that builds trust? Do you you bring them in? Do you communicate well with them? And when you do, do you kind of motivate them in a sense that says this is where we're going, um, and this is the the vision I have, and I'd love to have your thoughts about where we're where where we'd like to be going together. And if you're on board, um, you know, here's the part that you can play um, along that journey. Um, the team starts to build around those that vision. And then before you know it, there's a sense of commitment that each person has to that vision and accountability amongst each other. So it starts to build from that trust, then to commitment and accountability. And then before you know it, you start to see these things like the results start to show up from this um, commitment and accountability. It's the foundational pieces that have to be built first. Um, but you have to start from that sense of, okay, who do I have on the team? And have I built that connection with them, that trust? Um, so I think that's the foundation that we need to, to be thinking about first and foremost. And um, when you care about people first, what happens is you're not afraid to go out and have these challenging conversations and say, hey, I do care about you. And I want to make sure that you understand where we're, um, where we're falling short. You know, maybe there's some areas where we need to do um, something better. And here's what I'm seeing as an area for growth for you. Or here's an area where the team could, um, could you know, potentially move forward more powerfully. But it comes from a place of heart, not from a place of I'm pointing fingers, I'm pointing at you and saying, you're, you know, you're falling short and, you know, you better pick up. Um, you have to start with that sense of caring and trust. Yeah, it is so important to to show that you actually care about your team, also about this vision and share sharing vision. I think that in many cases, this vision it becomes very much like theoretical. And for example, thinking about my my younger years when I had a I, I worked in a big. Uh, corporation for several months as a student and they had this mission and vision written on the walls you know in in every room you know with, with big letters and i i didn't you know no one ever told me about this vision i was like it is not for me i yeah. was and and you know thinking about this i'm thinking that it is is it possible to actually make people part of this vision not just you know putting it on the wall and uh, hoping that people will adopt yeah. this vision as their own <laughs> or what can leaders do in smaller teams what what can we do to actually make people feel that they are part of of the vision of the company yeah, I love that you say that because what I said earlier around like, you know, the leader, you know, putting the vision out there, it's important for, for someone to go first, but there's also a sense of making it malleable enough that they engage other people in the shaping of it, that it's open to other people's, you know, putting their imprint into it and, you know, being able to have an opinion into where they're going. What people most want is they want to have agency, you know, they want to have the ability to uh, have autonomy over the work that they do. There's things that, that, that if you give people some say in the work that they're doing, they'll, they're more motivated to want to show up and do the work. 
So if it's just something that's mandated on them and saying, Hey, just do this because I tell you to do it, or because I, because this is the thing that I thought of, then there's no sense of buy-in. Um, but if you, if you create this thing and say, Hey, and here's what I'm thinking. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's continue on this vision together and build it together. And then it becomes something that's more of a, um, I want your buy-in too, um, to go on this path together. It's more of a, you know, not a leader going solely uh, ahead, but everyone going together. But someone has to start the ball going, be a catalyst. And that might be the person who's the head of the company, the head of the group, somebody who has to get the, be the catalyst. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I love it that we need to make people engaged into the vision yeah. and making plans. And then they feel that they are part of it. So we can mm. ask them to, I, I recently had a conversation uh, and uh, one person asked me what to do at the online meetings when I'm asking something uh, and and there, no one is answering and there yeah. is a you know quiet quiet zoom room or teams room and and uh, cameras are off no one is saying anything and then i said that well maybe they just know that everything is written on the slides already and they don't have anything mm. to to share and uh, no matter what they say anyway there will be next slide with the information so maybe this is what you say that we need to give this space to people to contribute, to actually say something, not just to make an interaction and then continue with PowerPoint presentation, mm -hmm. but actually to write this down and to put it on paper and to, to introduce it. So the, the, this element of co-creation, um, do you, so what do you recommend when you're working with your clients? How, do, how can we introduce this element of co-creation into working with uh, with our teams yeah there's something about what you shared and i love that you bring this this word of co-creation and because it's so beautiful that we think that way and every time i'm working with people i'm always saying that hey this is a co-creative process because um it should it should be something where you know where it's a give and take there's a um, a fluidity of the conversation and the moving through each other and the way that I um, I think about this, and this is something that's kind of coming up right in this moment, is this sense of like a pattern interrupt. You know, if you're stuck in a pattern and things are just kind of like going along and you feel as though, okay, well, if I just wait a few minutes, the next thing that's going to happen is this. And I'm just, even if I have questions, I'll just wait and see what happens. Well, if you're the leader of a group or if you're the person on the other side of a one-on-one of a, you know, -on -one meeting, silence or do something different, change up your pattern for a moment and see what happens. See how people react and allow that discomfort for a moment to, to serve as a way to say, Hey, let's change the way we're showing up for each other. Let's change the way that we're moving forward because life is not supposed to be a monotonous pattern or monotonous journey. It's about us creating together. So let's change things up let's create something different right now in this moment. And so if it's a Zoom meeting that's gone stale, um, take a moment, have everyone stand up, have everyone share something that is completely different. Put a question into the room, get people out of that moment and then come back 
with a fresh perspective. Or if it's a conversation, a one-on-one conversation, maybe you bring the elephant in the room of, hey, you know, I'm noticing like there's something about this conversation that has gone stale. I'm wondering, if we, you know, what's on your mind? Let's talk about it and have that like just put out there. I know it seems very confronting, but maybe that's exactly what they need. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, I love it that we need to do to something differently to to break the pattern sometimes. Hmm. It helps. It helps. And um, Tony, I wanted to ask you about your book. I know that sure. you have a book that is called Climbing the Right Mountain. Can you tell us a little bit about it, what your book is about? And uh, yeah, I'm sure it is It is very interesting. It is about leadership, right? And uh, finding fulfillment. It is, yes. And it starts with self-leadership, really, and then into leadership as a whole. But I, you know, the whole concept of, of climbing the right mountain starts with this idea that like, we go through our lives on this path of, you know, trying to be this person who's we've defined basically this idea of success that we have in our mind. And we move towards this path to get to the top of the mountain. And when we get there, we look around and we say, okay, do I like what I've accomplished? And oftentimes we don't, we sometimes question, maybe this wasn't the right path for me. And um, we have to reconnect with our own definition of success, not with society or other well-meaning people in our lives have decided it was right for us. And so what I'm uh, doing in the book is I take people through like a, you know, guideposts to really question, do I have the right people around me? Do I have the right definition of success for myself? And how am I ensuring that I'm becoming the person I want to be? And am I leading in the right way for the people around me? So um, it's kind of like a reset. Um, and the, and the big thing here around this is it's not about, Oh, I have to leave my job or I have to, you know, throw everything away and go hiking through the mountains. It's more about, you know, just looking at your situation from a different angle and just stepping away from it and seeing that maybe I am stuck in a pattern, right? Yeah. Um, so it's an important part of it. Yes, yes. So uh, it is very important that you included this element of self-reflection. I mm. think that it is it is very important not just to give people the how to do something uh, type of uh, information, but uh, to make them find their answers themselves. So maybe uh, in the end, I would love to ask you about this uh, element of fulfillment and finding fulfillment. So what do you usually mm. recommend? Maybe something from your book, some tips. What can we do? What questions can we ask ourselves to make sure that we are actually moving in the right direction? Yeah, I love this question. So first and foremost, um, if you find yourself in that place where you feel a little bit stuck or, you know, maybe feeling like, you know, I don't know, you know, what I want to experience as a leader, as a, you know, a person who's in their professional journey, um, the first thing you should do is, is pause, maybe take a look back and say, you know, why, why did I start this climb in the first place? You know, what was the reason that got me on this mountain in the first place? And when you look back and you think about those things and you start to say, okay, yeah, these, there's certain elements of my, of my journey that I really, I really want to reconnect with. 
then do that, connect with that. Then start thinking about the future and thinking, okay, what, what do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to be going forward? And intentionally saying be, because there's a sense of who do you need to be in terms of the qualities you want to embody, the things that you want to show up as, and, you know, really connect with, okay, that's how I want to be in the future. And I can start being that now. So bringing it back to the present. And so that sense of like going on that journey, the time traveling of going back, going into the future, and then coming to the present is a quick way for you to start to connect with my sense of fulfillment in the moment. How can I find that fulfillment of what I'm looking to do and be? Okay. So we need to think, who do I want to be in the future? And what do I need to do now? to become this person that is yes. very deep question and a very good exercise so i recommend to our listeners to to do this exercise it is it can give you some interesting results definitely so mm. thank you very much tony if our listeners want to reach out to you uh, contact you maybe buy your book or uh, ask more about what you do where can they find you well, um, the, the best place to find me is my website, inspiredpurposecoach.com. And they can find my assessment there. I have a tool that allows you to find out where you are and where you'd like to be. And then I also have um, links to my book there. You can also find my book on Amazon if you'd like to buy it there. And I'm also, you can reach me on at LinkedIn or anywhere else on social media, but I think the website's a good place to start. Perfect. Thank you very much for this interview. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Very insightful uh, conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.